Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. In each episode, you will be hearing from a thought leader, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, someone who is desiring to bridge the gap between where you are and where you desire to be. Their stories will be authentic. Their stories will be humbling. Their stories will be impactful. So please tune in and enjoy. I'm excited. Can you tell? I'm a couple cup of, cups of coffee in. Uh, but today uh, is the traditional month of Black History Month. And I'm kicking off the month with uh, a familiar face. Uh, my brother from the same mother, but a coach, speaker, trainer, extraordinaire in his own right. I have with me today, this February 1st, Mr. Kinston Henderson, senior. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. How, how are you feeling? Hey, everything is copacetic on my end. I cannot complain. If I was doing any better, uh, it'd probably be criminal. Uh, but that's that's another topic another day. Uh, but today is all about highlighting, spotlighting you um, and what what you're doing in the world and, and how you're impacting those that you serve. Uh, but before we get into the topic of today, which is winning conversations and how to have them, uh, particularly as it pertains to race, because this is one of those months where everybody goes get speakers. Um, and if you don't have one already, you're behind the power curve and expect to pay premium at this point. Um, but before we get into that, tell people a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, how you do, and then we'll get into it. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I am a speaker, trainer, coach, group coach, as, as Lawrence already specified. Um, my background has been in HR for the last uh, 17 and a half years, and I've been doing uh, everything from you know HRIS to uh, benefits, recruitment, to training and development, uh, but my sweet spot, my my purpose is all around um, igniting, inspiring, empower people through uh, training and uh, motivational speaking and, and really just helping uh, leaders have uh, amazing winning conversations. And so, um, you know, our parents were uh, passionate about, you know, uh, teaching and, you know, preaching. And it's like, you know, we finally woke up and was like, you know what, that just makes great sense and, and so it's it's easy uh it's easy to to embrace now that i am you know i knew what i was put on this earth to do and so you know there's many mountains that we can uh, tap into with our, our various skill sets and abilities but it's this one that says you know that helps me come alive every day that you know i wake up and and when i go into organizations and uh you know equip them so no, I love I love the inspiring and equipping, uh, you know, both both of us are uh, students uh, and, and I like to tell people uh, we drink our Kool-Aid first as it pertains to uh, having difficult conversations because uh, that's a that's a name for it. Uh, but when when it comes to, you know, the the mindset shift of having a winning conversation, what was kind of the the thing that that made this message make sense for you like it's it's just that it's the mindset like everything starts with the mind like you're battling your own mind 
Um, and so it just makes sense with when I when I phrased it, winning conversations. Like you, you when you see the word winning come across your mind, what are you thinking? Like it, it's it's positive, it's energetic. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm actually doing this, and it excites uh, people. Um, it excites uh, leaders that I that I speak with. That it's like, oh, crucial conversations. Uh, how to deal with difficult people. Uh, but winning says, oh, it's on. Like, I got to jump into this, like, with everything I have. And, and, and so, you know, that's where, you know, again, it's just a different frame of a mindset adjustment that if we make it uh, leaders, uh, then we can really go into this thing courageous and confident. Like we don't have to go in and, and like uh, I hate having these conversations. It's it's uh, I don't like conflict. No, it's a it's a natural part of the, the job, right? And so if you're a leader, if you're a manager, you got to say, all right, look, it's showtime. Let's have a winning conversation. So yeah, I, and I find I find that hilarious, man. Um, because it, me, me and you talk about uh, you know, words and and how how they land with people, particularly as pertaining to being a speaker and being mindful of word usage and, uh, and, and the art and science behind the emotion uh, that some people attach to certain conversations, uh, particularly in today's heightened sensitivity world that we live in. Um, and, I, and I love the fact that the thoughtfulness, right, of understanding the deep emotions that can come up for people as, as it pertains to talking about race. Um, but what are the things that you do, particularly as a trainer? Uh, because let's let's be honest, right? People are like, oh, we want to make sure you're uncomfortable and you're comfortable being uncomfortable. But let's be real. Like how many of us are signing up like we we buy we I think we max out at about one uncomfortable conversation a day. And if that uncomfortable conversation slot was taken up at home, I'm tapped out. I don't, <laughs> I want to have another uncomfortable conversation even if you call it winning, we're talking about race. Yeah. And what is it about this conversation about race that causes the hairs to stand up on the back of people's necks? It, I mean, you said it. it, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable for people who do not have these conversations. It's, it's, it's easy for you and me to talk about this all day, all night. But for a person who has not, you know, taken the time to intentionally have a conversation, uh, you know, it's like anything new that we come in to interact with in our lives from a job promotion to, you know, just doing something new, period. There's some type of level of anxiety that comes up. And, and so but it's 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 for us to be curious in the matter. Right. People, we're creatures of, uh, of comfort and we don't like really things to change or, or to fluctuate differently, because if it does, it just throws our throws us off, our mood off, our mindset off. Just everything is thrown off. And so. Being curious, I call it the art of curiosity, is, is being in a place where you're able to, to, to ask questions about um, what's taking place. You know, in this case of, of the topic of race, right? Um, how can we be curious about having this conversation about race? What can you do? You know, what questions can we ask about it? And so um, that, that really uh, helps the conversation uh, go along the way. And this is a perfect month to talk about things. And and if we can take the time to, to be curious in these moments, it's it's gonna it's gonna work out for you good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and, I, and I love that posture, right? Because again, at the end of the day, um, we, we know that communication, uh, whether it's virtually or in person with people, um, a lot can be said w- without words. And yeah. I believe a lot of times the emotion of a conversation can be felt through a screen. I've experienced it as, as doing 100% of my coaching uh, virtually. You can feel the emotions of people and the reframe of, hey, this is not a confrontational conversation, but this is a curious conversation. Like, I, again, I always talk about and me and you discussed this about uh, de-weaponizing these conversations, because when people uh, because a lot of times it's black and white, let's be let's 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 go ahead and throw it out there. Throw it out there. And, and, and when people in you, the U.S., they haven't practiced there. And, and for you, now here's the funny thing. There's a, you just made a generalization about me and you being okay with having this type of conversation. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I, I wasn't good at it uh, because yeah. I was always one of those people that tried to push it to the back. Like, why do we have to talk about that? Like, mm. why is this still a thing? And I would have a visceral reaction to having to talk about race. And so yeah. for a lot of us, like there's a misnomer, like, so, so don't just think this is a, a for white people conversation. This is for all people conversation yeah. because it's just not something that was uh, able to be discussed. Like race was added to religion in the workplace and you just don't talk about those things there. And, and then it was kind of, well, why are we talking about this now? Did something happen? And it was always associated with something so negative that when we had to, Everybody was always whispering of who got called something bad. Yeah, who did what? As a, as a reason why or a knee jerk reaction to something that the organization was needing to engage with. Um, but when you say, is this a reactionary type of thing, or th- or is this actually being proactive in a organization's approach to how to build community? Yeah. So you know, um, you know, just going back quickly. Uh, we ain't gonna stay there, but the George Floyd thing, uh, it caused organizations to react. All right, what we gotta do, what we gotta do, what we gotta do, we need to put this in, we need to do this, do this, do this, do this. All that's well and good, but what's happening right now in your organization? It, 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 and what happens, you know, at all these years, things get swept under the rug. Okay, we react and it gets swept under the rug. However, like benefits, uh, like I always re- equate it to our benefit, your benefits plan at your organization, right? Every benefits professional will say, you know what? Uh, go to your preventative care throughout the year. If you go to your preventative care, it can prevent you from having an emergency type of reaction. Now you got to have a surgery. Now you got to do this. You got to get this done because it's, it's, it's an emergency. Well, if you add curious conversations about race, um, and about inclusivity and diversity into the, the your preventative care training plan, then you're less likely to have knee-jerk reactions and having full-fledged emergencies and have to, having to deal with lawsuits and discrimination things. You won't have to deal with those. But the more we can get comfortable at having uh, these necessary conversations, it, it's going to make your world better. Oh, man, you, you, you're you making it sound too easy, Kenston. You're making it sound way too fundamentally easy because you, you've taken away 
um the the butts and the ands and uh but 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 it's different here and 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 I love that um that the Jorge put in in the comments about culture is important and sometimes the focus is off and and again it's one of those things we go we always go back to putting the posters in the practice yeah I never seen I don't care how small the organization is you got a mission vision and a value statement and if that actually isn't a actionable document if those aren't actionable documents it's going to be off constantly over and over again and particularly if you don't check in on those culture documents that are saying this is who we are even when it's tough and so when you have that conversation kinston where does it start like we're we're saying organizations but where does it start no i mean it just starts you know the question is, is is how serious are you about this 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 work and and like you said, alluded to Jorge saying, um, it's really as far as culture. You're like, how, how, you know, how effective do you want this to be um, in your organization? And if it, you want it to be truly effective and to be a part of your preventive, preventive care plan, then you're going to add some things, some language uh, to your policies, uh, to you know your processes to make sure it stays in the front view and not the the back view, uh, so to speak. And, and, and so. Um, and really, you know, digging deep and making sure, you know, across the board, the leadership is on board, right? Uh, and do you care about your leadership being on board with your value statement, your mission statement, right? Uh, because if you do care about this work being a part of your value and your mission statement, then you're going to make sure that all the leaders have that same understanding and then the people below them making sure they have that understanding as well, too. Uh, so that way it's a part of even, you know, your evaluations. It's a part of your your yearly reviews of how have you uh, show that you've, uh, you know, you're implementing these pieces of your mission statement. So. Oh, kids, just stop cussing at people. Stop hey. cussing at people saying this stuff needs to be a performance measure. It stop does. It. You need you stop it, Kinston. It does because 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 here's the argument. Oh, this is this is just a part of humanity. Well, yeah, you're right. It should be <laughs> if if humanity played by the rules. But yeah. and I love uh, La- Lakeisha's comment about the there are individuals who who don't understand why this conversation is important, and they're the ones that are mostly triggered by these conversations. The ones that say, I don't I don't understand why this is a thing. Right. And a lot of times, Uh, where does where do those kind of comments come from? Bubbles of privilege. Say it one more time for the people in the back. Bubbles of privilege. You know, people are their own bubbles. They never try to seek out or look outside their bubble. So they're and if they're not affected by anything that's taking place, they have a choice to make. Either they choose to. to, to do their own uh, understanding, digging, or they, they stay comfortable. There's that comfort uh, because in, in my comfort, as long as it's not touching me, my family members, my friends, I'm good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is funny. And, and I love your, uh, and I'm, I'm just typing in but hashtag bubble of privilege. Uh, so make that one go viral. Um, it's it's funny that's how the next TEDx that's the next TEDx. right right that's that's a part of the TEDx right uh but but those are I I love that bubble of privilege because 
privilege. I like I like it liken it to uh, where the brain also goes. And you talk about words and words matter and the emotions evoked by certain word usages and different things like that. But when you say bubbles of privilege, help take away the ambiguity for people or wherever their brains are trying to allow them to go. Uh, which level of privilege are you talking about? Um, I mean, just the level of, again, well, we can talk about the humanity uh, privilege. We can talk about, you know, uh, man or, you know, gender uh, privilege. We can talk about, you know, again, I mean, I guess as simple as forms for me is that the privilege of because I'm able to do what I need to do, provide for the people I need to provide for. And again, nothing's being affected. It doesn't affect me. So why should anybody else care about it? And that's that's not good as, as a privilege. Right. You know, my son has a privilege of, you know, having a, a father in a home who cares uh, for him and takes care of him. But I don't want him to say, you know, that he doesn't care about his other friends who don't necessarily have fathers in their lives or strong male influences in their lives. I want him to care more about them. And and how can we uh, how can he get them in front of his dad um, through, you know, a game changer series? Right. To impact them. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's amazing, um, particularly as we talk about, um, you know, the, the conversation about one nation under God, right? We all did the Pledge of Allegiance as yeah. as um as children coming up in, in grade school. Uh and, and my buddy, my buddy Kevin Duffer uh is, is in the building. Um it, it's the truths that come from these lived realities, yeah. not these perceived realities. And I really believe that is something that if not acknowledged, if not explicitly discussed things can be lost in translation and we can allow ourselves as been put in the comments already. We can allow ourselves to be complicit in our acknowledgement or lack thereof of these conversations needing to happen organizationally, because to, to say uh, to, to a young person of color, um, black indigenous or person of color that, Oh, it's not that bad when you don't identify with anybody in that community is to be dismissive, right? Yeah. Regardless of the microaggressions and all the different things like that, it's not micro, it's just aggressive. It's, just aggressive. it's dismissive. It's it's compartmentalizing because you haven't had that experience that you're comparing your life to theirs. And in and of itself, you're trying to explain away somebody else's experience, which we know that to be void of respect. And so if yeah. we're talking about values and culture or in the foundation of, of what we all are, um, it has to start with, like you just said, Kenston, the respect of humanity in and of itself. And so when you have these conversations, right, because we would all like to think and, and leaders would like to think that they're ready um, to have these conversations. What are some of the things that that you're encountering as, as you're having these discovery sessions about going in the direction of doing this type of preventative maintenance training? Yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a method that I use um, called RIM. And, and so RIM, uh, it's it means respect, empathy and maturity. And, and it's, it's truly used as as a method, um, but as a gauge as well is, you know, how ready is your your 
your organization to receive uh, these types of conversations? How ready are they to talk about uh, inclusion and diversity? How well are they, uh, willingly are they ready to talk about implicit bias? All the different uh, you know topics that we cover, privilege. You know, are they ready? You know, but the first question is is to, to the leader is you know are you ready? Uh, for these necessary conversations to take place. And so uh, the rim is, again, is just respect, empathy, maturity. And, you know, are you willing to, to, to show that respect? Are you willing to, to be there and hold that space um, and, and be able to empathize as the material is coming forth? Are you able to be mature about it? Because there's a lot of, you know, you know, these conversations can go wrong fast, right? We we know these conversations could go wrong fast, but as, you know, facilitators, trainers, and, and speakers, it's, it's how you set the bar. I call it like the recipe. And, 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 and if you're following a recipe, you got to follow the recipe or the chances are something's not going to taste right. Something not is not going to go right. And so for all conversations, uh, talk especially about race or any considered difficult conversation respect empathy maturity have to be the ingredients put inside the race conversation or it's just not going to go well like you know it's gonna be pandemonium right you know when when i talk to you know a couple groups veterans you know i talk to a white group of veterans a black group of veterans now if we didn't have the conversation before they couldn't have got together. And I said, all right, let's talk about this Colin Kaepernick thing. It had just blew the way, blew right on up. But because the conversations happens, you know, simultaneously, you know, separately, then they understood that in order for us to have this conversation together, these ingredients have to be involved. And then the conversation was successful, right? But we got to remember everybody's not ready for the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it and it's almost, and if I'm hearing you um, the right way, what's really coming up is that RIM is the acronym, but you're almost questioning, or you have a line of questioning that you actually figure out which actual letter in the acronym organizations need to start with yeah. <laughs> before yeah. you get rolling, right? Yeah. How, how yeah. many of them, uh, just give me a percentage, don't don't dime anybody out. How many of them are, because I, I, I'm thinking it's a, a high percentage, How what's the percentage on how many of them have to start with the M, the maturity? <laughs> Listen, we talking about grown adult organizations. <laughs> it, it's, it's real high. Oh it's, my god. It's, it's real high. Like at least like it let me tell you this. The great thing um has in the last several months it's 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 tilted a little bit. Yeah. But there's still a high, I would say a high 80, 85 percent. Man. And and yeah. here's and here and let's put some context around that 85%, right? At at the end of the day, we got taught. Most of us got taught because I, I haven't seen it done a lot um, in, in schools and things now where soft skill development is actually a thing that needs to happen um, throughout education. But it's it's I'm seeing it less and less early in early ages of implementing implementation of the golden rule because of there's so much testing. There's so much. So it's taking away from the actual relational development of children. So by the time they graduate 
from high school, they're so engulfed with I have to perform, perform, perform that when they they spaz out or have an outburst at work, it's like, why are you reacting like that? That's so unprofessional to assume that skill sets were developed early on to have these types of interactions um, would to be uh, to your own detriment as organizations. And I really believe the bridge is um, it got mentioned earlier. I always come back to the values and respect, empathy and maturity as a value set is, I believe, where where a lot of organizations just need to really peel back the onion and start there. Right. What is it? And then not make it aspirational, but actually attach associated actions in accordance with the organization that they actually have real time examples um, and and I lo- and I love what that respect that empathy. Tell people about empathy because up until a couple years ago, um, I didn't even know how to spell empathy. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. I didn't even know how to spell it. Um, nor nor did I know how to use it. Um, so <laughs> so so help people out with that empathy because we empathy is turning into the leadership coaching. Empathy yeah. is turning into that new T-shirt buzz their buzzword. Yeah, so you know, empathy is is really um, sharing space, being able to uh, not be quick to 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 judge or to to go down, uh, tell somebody about your thoughts and your experience, but being able to share that space with someone uh, else, being able to say, you know what, I have no clue of what you are experiencing or what you have experiencing or what you have experienced, but I truly want to know what you have experienced. You know, it's just like, again, we're in Black History Month is, you know, what harm would it do to uh, approach a colleague of diverse descent and and a black colleague and, and ask them, you know, what has your experience been in America? I just want to talk. I just want I want to know. I I truly want to know. Not because you feel pity, uh, sympathy, but this is empathy and really choose to listen, to understand. That's, you know, those 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 words called active listening or empathetic listening, but really, truly value the other person that is speaking. And that's what I mean by, you know, empathy. And again, it's just sharing that space. Yes, you do have to sometimes be intentional with it. Um, right. Because if you're someone who who has not reached outside of their bubble, um, then you have to intentionally do it. You say, you know what? I got to do this. Let me go talk to such and such. Like, I, I, I don't know what she could be going through right now, but I, I feel something. I sense something. I, I seen she's been a little uptight or he's been a little uptight, uh, snapping off a little bit these past several months. Looks very stressed. Look, you could identify him real quick and say, you know what? Hey. Hey, hey, my brother, man, sister, you know, how can I be here for you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, and I and I love that you went there. Right. As as it pertains to who takes the first step, because I believe in a lot of times in these conversations, as as I began to study myself, there is a ton of material to Uh educate yourselves about conversations about race, would it the the systemic issues um around not only in the united states but around the world um and how that's actually informed 
uh, the way communities of people have lived their lives. Um, and again, as it pertains to mental health aspects of not having this conversation and the toil uh, and the heaviness that it takes when employees, when people don't feel like there's an outlet to even openly have these conversations with a, you know, under the umbrella of respect, empathy and maturity. Um, and so I, I want to thank you for for bringing this to the forefront um, and, and something that uh, you talked about in your TEDx, um, which I love seeing you uh, roll that out. And uh, for anybody I'm, I'm putting it uh, that's watching this live, I'm putting it in the chat uh, right now across um, social media. But when you think about organizations and, and just leaving people with one thing today, because we always talk about what. Where do you start? Right. This conversation is so massive. They can go after a hundred books um, today and and still not not uh, see the rest of the iceberg uh, as it pertains to winning conversations, particularly in, in, in a race conversation. Um, where do people start? Kenson? what's what's a generalization or, or a place that that you generally help people start? Yeah. So, um, you know, definitely. You know, there's there's a lot of books, there's a lot of movies, there's a lot of YouTube, there's a lot of TEDx's, right? And um, and so I I would say get in touch with somebody that is an, an advocate or an expert that is a, a you know a speaker like yourself, Lawrence. You know, get in touch with Lawrence, you know Henderson, like to to start the conversation. You know, get in touch with with myself. You know, let's start there, and then we can connect you with so many different resources. Right. Um, and, and that's all it takes. You know, a consultant, somebody who is who's been in this space, but, you know, can really uh, you, you got to check them out, make sure they're official. Right. Um, we, we didn't just start this yesterday. Right. Uh, we got some years and experiences and, you know, books and everything to back it up. So um, get in touch with us. Um, I have a, a winning conversations workbook that, you know, that I'm putting out there for. Uh, organizations to have small group talks, you know, for churches, for for anybody who wants to have us uh, put together a small group, you can have start having these conversations and, and it'll work, you know, take you through a process of, you know, four to uh, six weeks, however long you want to make it. Uh, but you you'll come out having winning conversations after it. So. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, uh, my brother, for uh, Hello, coming man. to kick this off. Um, with me this month of February. Y'all, it's February. For the first time, it didn't feel like January had 19 weeks. Um, and I'm so excited about it. Got some really great things happening um, in the Hot Takes community, but also um, some great partnerships going to happen in 2021. So um, everyone continue to stay locked in, continue to remain vigilant as pertains to uh, your health and, and dealing with this, this pandemic we're still in. Yeah. Um, but be good to each other. Be good to each other. Um, and yeah. not just during a cultural awareness month. Yeah. Uh, be good to each other every single day yeah. that we're allowed this opportunity to have breath in our lungs. Um, and so follow Kenston, connect with Kenston across social media. Kenston, tell them how to find you. So, yeah. So uh, LinkedIn, Kenston, LWL, uh, Facebook, Live With Life, Instagram, Live With Life. TikTok, live with life. 
uh, and that's L-Y-F-E. So not L-I-F-E, but L-Y-F-E. And uh, yeah, let's connect and uh, let's keep making this truly a United States of America. Love it, love it, love it. Well, Kenson, I appreciate you uh, for your time, your effort, um, and we'll be talking soon. So until sure. next time, folks, continue to be hot in every conversation that you have that is being humble, open, and transparent. Have a great one, everyone. Say yes. Thank you for listening to another Hot Takes podcast where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Please share, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So until next time, make sure you present yourself every single day with intentionality, actions over ideas.